0: surprised you always do it very suddenly okay well (laughs) and you're like i'm like are you ready and you say yeah and then i say okay and then a few seconds later i say okay we're going what do you want me to do
1: (laughs) i count down i i guess normally i can see you press the button and today i could not
0: oh Okay, well, welcome to Known Unknowns. Welcome to
1: Known Unknowns.
0: I'm Carly. I'm
1: Carly, and I'm Harry. Can you... What? Why? I forgot to just say my part. Um, What's what's good? What's new with you?
0: Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. What's new with you?
1: My tummy hurts.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: I bet mine hurts more.
0: Why does yours hurt?
1: I don't know. It just does.
0: Okay.
1: Because my tummy's bad.
0: Uh, I got a bad tummy. No. I need a new one. That would be me.
1: Uh, my stomach
0: always hurts.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so the fact that mine hurts at all means that it's a lot worse. <laughs> what? No. Okay. That's not how it works? No. Okay. I don't think so. Welcome to Known Unknowns, the podcast where our tummies hurt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no one cares. Well. So, anything else new other than your stomach hurts?
1: I don't know. I don't, uh, no. Been a lot of statue talk this week.
0: About statues being taken down.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, which statues are good and which statues aren't good.
0: They're all stupid.
1: There's got to be one statue that you like.
0: No. They're all really dumb. I don't understand why everyone's so emotionally attached to a piece of metal.
1: Okay, well, what if it's, it's not stupid. a piece of metal? Okay. Do you, do you only... What if it's not a statue of a person?
0: I don't care. Everyone's so attached to these statues, and I'm like, they're not real people or real <laughs> things. You can take them down. They are not that special. It's just... If you want to learn about these people, I don't know, read a book go to a museum no one reads the plaques on them anyway so it doesn't matter okay i just people are so the people who fight so hard to keep statues up i'm sure don't even have never even read the plaque on the statue
1: is there any hypothetical statue that you think would be good if it existed
0: I guess I like, I don't have examples, oh. but I'm sure there's good people. Yeah, well, there's good people you can make statues of. Sure, I just think statues are dumb. I mean, they just take up space. I'm not
1: even saying of a person, just any statue that you think would be a good statue to exist. No, no, you don't. Nothing that you want to see memorialized in. A...
0: No, because then they always end up being bad people.
1: Well, or th- what if it's not bad. a person? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Like, what could it be?
1: Like a dog? Like a. Why? Because it's a good. Because people like dogs. He's a good boy.
0: But aren't statues supposed to be, like, special or something?
1: No, they don't have to. They can be whatever you want. Well,
0: are you talking sculpture or statue?
1: I. I mean. I, a statue
0: I, I feel like that signifies importance
1: okay well, well would you like a statue you could sculpt a right, dog say it's a dog that you know uh symbolizes bravery or something as do- a dog or a statue a, a sculpture i don't know
0: yeah but it doesn't matter it's gonna waste space and people are just gonna vandalize it and then get in trouble and then they're gonna someone's gonna have to clean it all the time and then Whatever it's made out of, is just going to wear down over time, and then it's just going to look stupid, and then you're going to have to replace it anyway. All right. It's just dumb.
1: What's wrong just with replacing don't a statue?
0: put statues up, and then we don't have to argue about who it is or what it I is. I think
1: public art is a good thing. Uh,
0: uh, but I'm thinking of, like, statues. Yeah, well, I mean... I like art. Yeah, but, like,
1: okay, what's the difference between a sculpture and a statue to you?
0: I don't know. A statue makes it seem like it's important. (laughs) Like an important figure.
1: Okay. Well, what if it's not a figure? What if it's just, like, a thing? What, like, a... If
0: it's, like, a piece of artwork, then sure. Okay. I guess statue is kind of... It's, like, art, but it's, like, not meant to just be, like, a public piece of artwork
1: okay
0: it's supposed to just be like oh yeah that was that guy who I did this
1: I, I don't disagree with you i'm just <laughs> i'm just what I'm, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of and what I think all of your, i'm just trying the to figure statues out why your
0: issues now are just that are still up or just like, terrible people so just take them down okay i'm just saying they're not that important i don't know why people <laughs> have to fight so hard for them all right i don't understand i
1: think that we should uh I think that we should, like, do what the Finns do and, like, not put public money toward statues of individuals. Just, like, have statues for ideas and stuff, you know? Just that symbolize ideas, because... Yeah.
0: Yeah, people Just, always end up bad. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, these, that person was great. He did this thing. And then you find out that he was at, he was an awful person in other parts of his life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why even... No, Mm -hmm. no, yeah, no famous person is ever good. (laughs) I don't understand why we don't know this. And they were just a person.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Speaking of which, there's a, speaking of caring about statues that are bad. um, So there's, in South Philadelphia, there's a statue of Christopher Columbus. Um, (laughs) Carly rolled her eyes.
0: I'm getting the charger out for the computer, sorry. (laughs) So I can't talk, but I did roll my eyes.
1: And so, like, you know, ever, you know, since, like, the statue pulling down phase of the protest has been going on, this, you know, no one, I think, has really, like, defaced the statue in any way, but, you know, um, various Italians um, from Philadelphia have been... Gathering around it with like bats and like, uh, just you know, to protect it from potential what? vandals, I hate then everything. you know, all kinds of stupid sp- Italians just gathering around it and like, you know, just picking fights with like random people who walk by. Because <laughs> you know, to prevent anyone from taking down their pre- precious statue, and apparently it has gotten so bad that the city has decided to just go ahead and take the statue down itself in the hopes that all these I love this. <laughs> Christopher Columbus loving Italians will just go away, they won't have a statue to protect anymore, so they won't. Gather in Marconi Plaza or whatever it is to harass passersby. Aren't passers they
0: harassing like the public for doing nothing? Why aren't they getting in trouble for that?
1: I, because yeah, you they're know, just it,
0: gonna cause trouble when the poor men who have to go to their—I don't know. I, I assume it's gonna be some just poor guys that that get paid minimum wage to tear stuff down. I'm picturing like construction workers, you know, because they got to use the big tools. And then these people, these dumb people, are going to like harass these men for just, and women and people for just trying to do their job and take down this statue that the, you know, government told them that they had to take down.
1: You're right. You know?
0: <laughs> Like, I don't, I just feel bad now that... But yeah, they should just take it down. That's stupid. <laughs> we never pick good people for statues either. Like if we actually picked a decent human being to put in a statue... But we never do. We never do. That's why I'm like, just don't put up any more statues. <laughs> Tear them all down. Tear them all down.
1: What do you, okay. What do you think we should do about Mount Rushmore? Should we... Uh, uh, I mean, we could... Just like blow it's it like up, but that would be like defacing even more, you know? Yeah, Mount Rushmore's a statue. That'd be defacing it's even like more of the mountain that would that was, you know, previously sacred uh, ground for the Lakota. I so, mean, like, it's
0: dumb that they even carved stuff well, into yeah, that I know. rock anyway.
1: Mount Rushmore is bad, so I'm asking you what we should do about it. I don't
0: think you should just blow it up. Do people go in and, like, restore it, though? Like, when stuff starts to break? Or can I'm you just, sure like... i
1: they do maintenance on it. Okay,
0: well, then stop. Okay. Just let it
1: uh, Yeah. And then, then in, you know, I mean, a, it's a few cool hundred years, thing. it'll look pretty cool.
0: I think it's cool. <laughs> like, I really... I wouldn't mind seeing it, but they also work good people. So, why do we have their giant-ass faces on this big... Is it a mountain? I yeah. don't know. Mount... Yeah. Mountain? <laughs> it's so dumb. But, like... It's sad because it's so cool. It's such a cool piece of art, but it's not good people, so I don't care if it's destroyed. Why didn't you carve something else into it? Like the word love or something, or the face of just a dog and a cat and a penguin.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't think they should have carved anything Well, no,
0: They shouldn't have, but I'm just saying, why do we have to carve problematic people into it?
1: Well, they weren't problematic at the time.
0: Uh, when they carved it in, it should have been. <laughs> I think they were. They were problematic to some people. Well, sure. Just saying. No, I don't care. They, but I don't think they should blow it up. Just stop keeping up with it.
1: Yeah. Be a <laughs> don't great
0: ruin it. Don't metaphor. ruin the rock anymore. The mountain anymore. I don't know. Don't blow it up. Don't do that. that you don't the, think you're so? You're just like just destroying Just like returning
1: the it rock. to like a, well, I guess, it, I mean, it wouldn't be a natural rock face, but it would look like one.
0: I guess if you could just like shave off pieces of rock
1: <laughs> No, I, nicely, I, I think your idea. Maybe of do
0: that, but don't just go in and blow it up.
1: Yeah, no, I I think your idea of just uh, not doing any maintenance of any kind on it. I assume they do.
0: But if they were like, we're just gonna blow it up to get rid of these faces, I'd be like, okay.
1: Well, sure. All right. <laughs> <No, know>. I... <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Something I, I don't know. I'm it's cool.
1: I'm sorry to push you so hard on the <laughs> statue topic.
0: <laughs> I just. I just hate how. <laughs>
1: i I wanted to
0: attached people are these stupid rocks just uh, in pieces hunks of metal it just makes me so angry
1: i hate that you can't tell me the difference between a sculpture and a statue
0: i said a sculpture is more like educational and important or a statue i mean it has meaning like it's supposed to be like a significant person in history you know right like a statue it's supposed to be like really important and like there a sculpture can just be of anything you want carved out of like anything okay it doesn't have to have any kind of like meaning it could just be like a piece of artwork in the park that someone sculpted
1: so do you you think like the statue of david is more of a sculpture than a statue
0: i don't know what that is
1: like the 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 naked guy
0: oh (laughs) yeah it's a sculpture the naked guy who does this? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's a, sculpture. That's a, sculpture, not he a statue. He made it as a sculpture, not as a statue, right? Well I mean
1: it was about I mean Did Dave. they like
0: put it in a park and put a plaque on it? <laughs>
1: nope. <laughs> but like I mean David is like a historical slash mythological figure. But
0: when he was made, was he like famous? The statue? Was it famous? It's of
1: David from the Bible. The David and Goliath guy. No, I know, but when the guy
0: made the statue or sculpture, did everyone rush to see it for, like, educational purposes? Was it just in his house?
1: It was in somebody's house. I don't remember whose. Some rich Italian. Okay, say
0: I just sculpted, like, I don't know, you. And let's say that you were really important in the world. Okay and i scul i just had a like a sculpture of you right and i just let it kind of chill out in here that's not a statue all right you know
1: okay what okay what about like the picasso statue or sculpture in like daily plaza or whatever
0: i don't know it's
1: the big abstract thing is
0: i don't know what that is
1: it's the uh, big I don't know, I, I, I'll find a I, I won't bother yeah. anyway, That's enough statue talk for one day Yeah,
0: just, you You know what I'm trying to say You're just trying to pick it apart Yeah, I am yeah. Sculpture is more artsy Okay Statue Stupid, so <laughs> Okay Someone is trying to buzz into our apartment right now <laughs> No Okay i just They're going to keep buzzing and it's going to annoy me. Is it my Amazon package? I don't know. Probably. No, then they're going to just like set it outside. (laughs) Should I go get it? (laughs) Well. Okay, whatever. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, that's okay. You can go ahead.
0: Is there anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: I can't remember if there was or was not.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Is there anything you wanted to talk about?
0: No, but this guy keeps... (laughs) just.
1: Well, uh, Carly's going to buzz open the door for somebody. Um, And I'm going to vamp here for a minute. Um, Actually, no, I'm not. I'm just going to pause the recording. Well, no, I can't. I clicked the wrong button. It will not stop. Uh,
0: Okay, we're back. I figured I don't know out how to was. <laughs> yeah, the recording, everybody. Uh, yeah, I was going to take it out, but I thought it was funny, so I'm just going to keep it in. But yeah, I don't know who was trying to buzz in, but I think it was just some random person who was locked out. Now I'm mad. I didn't actually go down to see if it was my Amazon package, but...
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Because I just went to, the, I went to the door and angrily just kept hitting the open door button, like over and over again, just cursing, just like, fucking why did they just stop buzzing, just and then i went to the door and locked it to make sure because i heard someone actually walking up the steps so i got nervous and i just locked the door (laughs) that's all
1: okay you just kept you didn't hold the door button so you'd actually be able to open it no okay
0: because i was mad i was like yeah bitch get it (laughs) you better open it on one of the times i press it very quickly (laughs) All right. I'm not going to make it easy for him.
1: All right.
0: <sighs> it's been a day. Okay. Well, should I go? Yeah. It's my topic first, I think right? you should
1: go. I think that you should leave. I think.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: That it's time for you to go. Shh.
0: Should I start my, my topic?
1: Oh, that's what you meant.
0: Yeah, Harry. <laughs> I'm just in a bad mood. I know. <laughs> just cranky. Okay. Well, are you ready to hear about uh, the Forest Fen treasure?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. So my sources. I actually compiled my list of sources today because wow. I felt. Um, I don't know, like I felt like doing it. Okay. So my sources are, the uh, Gu- the Guardian, an article from the Guardian. I couldn't find who wrote it. CNBC <laughs> article by Yoni Blumberg, Forest Fen's blog, Wikipedia. A CNN article by Alicia Lee, and a Santa Fe New Mexican article, like in the Santa Fe New Mexican, yeah. by Danielle Procop Procop. Okay. It's an unfortunate last name. If I it think is it's Prokop. a good last name. Procop.
1: Oh, not no. I, I think Procop.
0: Procop. I think it's Danielle. Is it Daniel or Danielle?
1: It's Danielle.
0: Okay. I don't know anything. Okay. So I wrote all of this. Are you ready? Danielle Prokop. Somewhere in the Rockies, in the roughly 1,000 miles between Santa Fe, New Mexico and the Canadian border, there lies a real-life treasure chest. And the man who hid the treasure, you ask? (laughs) A man named Forrest Fenn. What? Why are you laughing at me? I wanted to have a cat, like a very intriguing cat intro
1: you started laughing
0: did i cap no i didn't
1: you yeah you captured me
0: okay the treasure chest is said to be a bronze box estimated to have been forged in the 12th century the box features a bronze construction with a wood liner and a locking front clasp according to fenn it weighs the box weighs about 22 pounds and its dimensions are 10 by 10 by 5 inches And the treasure adds an extra 20 pounds to the box. So the box itself is 22 pounds. Then the treasure in it is 20 pounds. So it's over 40 pounds. Wow. Wow! According to Fenn, the treasure chest includes uh, some of these things, but not... It's this isn't the full list. Okay. Two hundred and sixty-five gold coins, nuggets, a vial with gold dust, a Spanish a Spanish seventeenth-century gold ring with a large emerald, necklaces, a Navajo bracelet found by Richard Witherill, the controversial cowboy, explorer, and trader, uh, and lastly, a beaded turquoise bracelet that is to be given back to Fenn upon discovery. Mm-hmm. But there's more stuff in it. A lot of other stuff in it. Okay. so Interesting. Um, Sounds
1: like a real tr- treasure chest.
0: Mm-hmm. I have seen many estimates to how much this treasure is worth. Uh, I've gotten from most places that it's over $1 million, and some estimates are up to $6 million. Most estimates are in the $1 to $2 million range. Hmm. Most say over $1,000 or up to 2000 or You know what I mean. <laughs> million over one million dollars and then some say up to two million dollars so in the one to two million range generally uh now who is this mysterious man who hid millions of dollars worth of treasure out in the middle of the rockies and why did he do it
1: oh both valid questions Are you
0: asking yourself that yes
1: i am well i kind of already know i don't know that much about him I know his name. Great. Forrest Fenn.
0: Forrest Fenn. He was a pilot in the United States Air Force, obtaining the rank of Major and awarded the Silver Star for his service in the Vietnam War, where he flew 328 combat missions in 365 days. He retired from the Air Force and started hunting for and collecting treasure and artifacts. So, a real-life treasure hunter. (laughs) <laughs> he eventually opened up the Aerosmith Fen Gallery with his partner Rex Aerosmith after he collected so many ancient pieces then it became the Fen Galleries which he operated with his wife Peggy
1: what the, happened to his partner did see, he murder him
0: I don't know I'm not sure what it means by partner or if it means by like because I thought romantic partner but then I was like maybe it just meant like business partner
1: I'm guessing I was just business partner. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure. I think you murdered it never them. said. The gallery was located in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and sold a variety of American Indian artifacts, paintings, bronze sculptures, and other art, including forged copies of works by Modigliano, Monet, Degas, and other artists. The gallery reportedly grossed $6 million a year. So he was like a millionaire
1: right and a big art collector guy Mm -hmm. dealer
0: lots of famous people went to this and like bought these paintings
1: Mm -hmm. i would bet Mm -hmm. famous people are rich Mm -hmm. and that's why they're bad
0: yeah i don't know why everyone wants a forged copy of these artworks it's kind of cool yeah because like he was like look at these art paintings i got or forged fake Mm -hmm. things, like recreations of it. I don't know, it's kind of weird. So, Fenn conflicted with authorities over federal antiquities law. FBI agents raided his home in 2009 as part of an investigation into artifact looting in the Four Corners area. sounds like something he'd do. (laughs) Items in his possession reportedly included pieces of chain mail from the Pesos National Historical Park, human hair, a feathered talesman, and talisman, and what? Nothing. Talisman. Sorry. And bison skull. Some of which were confiscated com- confiscated by federal authorities. However, no charges have been filed. Hmm. He has like a mummified falcon from like King Tut's tomb or whatever. Is that a real person? King yeah. Tut's tomb. Some. Peace pipe from some famous guy
1: yeah i think he probably shouldn't have these things
0: no i think that's why he got in trouble well
1: yeah no i agree i
0: don't think a lot of these things he should have he found them but i'm assuming he like stole them from places well yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) gonna freaking put up a statue of this guy one of these days
0: i mean i think a lot of it a lot of the stuff he got from trading. Sure. That's where most of his stuff came from. But I do. So I think most of it's from like trading people for stuff. So I don't know if he necessarily he stole people? it. No, stop it. I don't know if he necessarily went out. I know he like actually has like searched for some of this stuff, but I mm-hmm. don't know how much of it he actually stole himself, how much he just traded his stuff for more stolen stuff
1: yeah he's like the bad guy in a indiana jones movie oh. like i mean
0: i think he sounds kind of cool
1: yeah but like you know indiana jones is like this 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 stuff belongs in a museum it belongs to
0: he did put it in a museum
1: he put it all in his a,
0: artifacts are he
1: put it in a gallery so he could sell it to other rich people
0: not all of it is for sale it was like a museum gallery like most of the paintings are for sale Some of the artifacts are just, like, in the collection for you to look at. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, in 1988, Fenn was diagnosed with cancer and given a prognosis that it was likely terminal. Like, they were like, yeah, bitch, you're not going to (laughs) live. That's how they said it, too. This inspired him to hide a treasure chest in an outdoor location with the purpose of creating a public search for it. He also intended the location to be his final resting place with the treasure as a legacy. So his plan was to like climb to this spot he had in his mind, Mm -hmm. uh, in the Rockies, like one of his favorite, um, places
1: Uh and
0: place the treasure chest and then die there next to the treasure chest. He was going to like go die next to the treasure.
1: Cool. Mm -hmm. That's fun.
0: That was his plan. So, uh, he also hid the treasure in the middle of... uh, So, he didn't do it in 1988. Um, He actually recovered from his illness in 2010. Wait,
1: 1988 or 1998 was when he was diagnosed?
0: 1988.
1: Oh, wow. That was a long time.
0: Well, he recovered from his illness and then in 2010. Oh, and
1: then in 2010. Sorry,
0: yeah. I don't know when he recovered,
1: I mean, I guess 1998 would still be a long time, too.
0: Yeah. So he ended up recovering, but then he was like, I still kind of want to hide this treasure. Yeah. So, um, he did it in 2010 and his plan, like, he also hid the treasure in the middle of the recession. Mm -hmm. And he said he wanted to give hope and some good news to people and maybe give them a fun day of hiking and treasure hunting with their family during a scary negative time. Hmm. Was his thought process. Okay. So in 2010, I didn't, in a what?
1: Nothing. I didn't know that he like was specifically thinking about it in the context of the Great Recession.
0: I think that's why he decided to finally do it. Is right. what he said. Because mm-hmm. he's been he was thinking about it and he was like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So in 2010, he uh, self-published a book called *The Thrill of the Chase*, a memoir and a collection. Of, it's A collection of short stories from his life and that's where he describes the treasure chest that he says contains gold nuggets rare coins jewelry and gemstones and he goes on to write that he hid the chest quote in the mountains somewhere north of santa fe end quote Mm. then says that the stories in the book contain hints to the chest's location as well as the poem found in the chapter gold and more so he like published this self-published his memoir that had the uh poem that had the clues to the treasure hunt in it Mm -hmm. and then um so Mm -hmm. he did the poem that contains nine clues that will lead a searcher to the chest and then Fenn's book and story prompted a treasure hunt in the rocky mountains of new mexico colorado wyoming and montana Fenn claimed to make no money on the sale of his self-published books, out of concern for being labeled a fraud by critics. Right. And then he ended up posting it online anyway, the poem. Uh, so it was like.
1: Uh huh.
0: You didn't need the book. Where to did do the it.
1: money go from his books? Did he like give it to charity or something? I don't know. Probably. I guess. He
0: like self-published it, and then maybe like, I don't know how self-publishing works
1: where instead of
0: maybe he didn't sell it maybe he just like sold it at his own shop for like the same price that he bought the books for
1: i guess yeah you know sold them at cost
0: yeah that's probably what he did could be and then i know now if you buy he has like a bunch of books you can go on his website and buy Mm. like a bunch of memoirs and stuff and i think this particular book or book a lot of his book proceeds go to like every year he'll donate The proceeds to a cancer patient in need of a a treatment. Interesting. Okay. So, I don't know. But maybe, yeah, I don't think he was trying to like profit off the book.
1: Not to one of the indigenous communities that he looted. Yeah. Cancer patients need money too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I think this is a fun story. I think it's a
1: fun story too.
0: Treasure hunt. I know. It's cool. It is cool. Yeah, probably not good, though. But...
1: Nah, it's still cool.
0: (sighs) I know. So, Fenn estimates that as many as 350,000 people have gone hunting for the treasure. I would... (sighs) So want to go hunt for this freaking treasure. He tells CNBC Make It, adding that there is no way of knowing whether anyone has actually gotten close. Quote, it could be found soon or 1,000 years from now, he says. (laughs) Uh, quote, no one knows where the treasure chest is but me, end quote. Fenn told NPR in 2016. That includes my wife. If I die tomorrow, the knowledge of that location goes in the coffin with me. Mm-hmm. So!
1: Oh boy, that was. How do
0: starving. you find this treasure, Harry? Do you want to know?
1: Well, yeah.
0: So. Like I said, the main piece of guidance Fenn has offered is a cryptic 24-line poem he wrote in his self-published memoir, The Thrill of the Chase. He has since shared the poem online, and the poem reads, As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where, in hint of riches new and old, Begin it where warm waters halt, and take it in the canyon down, Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. Uh, From there it's no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? the answers i already know i have done it tired and now i'm weak so hear me all and listen good your effort will be worth the cold if you are brave and in the wood i give you title to the gold that is the poem that's the poem and okay he says all you need to find the treasure is the poem the the yeah, so figure uh, out the, right. in the poem and basic geographical knowledge or like a topographical map. Okay. To find the treasure. Okay. It's so all you need. Okay. Um, but after some people died during the hunt, like trying to find this treasure, Okay. Uh, he offered some more clues and guidance to okay. keep people safe. Okay. So in 2013, he started adding additional clues to his blog saying... Quote, the treasure is hidden higher than 5,000 feet above sea level. I think it's like between 5,000 and 10,000 is what he said. Um, No need to dig up old outhouses. The treasure is not associated with any structure. Okay. Because people were like digging things up. Right. Um, The treasure is not in a graveyard. The treasure is not hidden in Idaho or Utah. The treasure is not in a mine okay the treasure is not in a dangerous to get to location it's pretty easily accessible and people remember it wasn't he was 80 years old at the time when he hid this thing he was carrying a 40 pound box (laughs) into the rocky mountains and he did it in one trip
1: oh i thought he did it in two trips
0: nope he did it in one trip
1: i thought i read somewhere that he did it in two trips
0: no, Okay. he really <laughs> did it in one trip. You've been reading more
1: about this than I <laughs> yeah. have.
0: Um, he did it in one trip. He used a car, though. He, uh-huh. had, he had to use a car to get to part of it. Okay. So he did like a little, yeah. It
1: was too far to walk.
0: And also remember he was planning to go to this exact place with a 40-pound box while he was dying of cancer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, guys, it's not going to be like this intense. And he was still really freaking old. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an 80 year old man did it, people. Well. But he did it, okay, maybe two trips. We, no, he did it in one day. He hit it in one day. So uh. I guess maybe two trips, but uh-huh. it was one day. one day. Okay. So I think that's just one trip. Could be. Anyway, people are dumb. <laughs> but unfortunately, five people have died while searching for the treasure.
1: <laughs> but you think they deserved it. Well. <laughs>
0: I don't think it was his fault
1: yeah no people die hiking all the time yeah
0: i know in 2017 the chief of new mexico state police uh publicly implored Fenn to end the treasure hunt stating quote he's putting lives at risk and i just don't i'm like if you want to go like scale this mountain because you're dumb like sure yeah no he's... it was in a safe place you should have known that he's an 80 year old man he said it was in a safe place Mm-hmm. so i just don't understand why and some people just like fell and i'm like yeah people do that all the time while hiking i don't know yeah it's dangerous to hike on a mountain <laughs> i'm just like I, <laughs> uh, okay so let's go through some of these people randy well all five randy oh, blue gonna
1: make me sad
0: went missing in january 2016 and was found dead in july his body was discovered by workers along the Rio Grande. Bill Billu Billu's Bill wife ex-wife publicly stated her belief that the Fenn treasure was a hoax. Jeff Murphy, fifty-three, of Batavia, Illinois. Batavia. Batavia.
1: Is that <laughs> yeah? That's spelled?
0: Batavia, yeah, Illinois was found dead in Yellowstone National Park on June 9th, two thousand seventeen, after falling about five hundred feet down a steep slope. Um. Uh, Oh, Yellowst- Yellowstone officials did not provide details to the public concerning their investigations, but KULRTV tv filed a Freedom of Information Act request. The television station reports that Murphy's wife told park authorities that he was looking for the treasure when she first reported him missing. Pastor Paris Wallace of Grand Junction, Colorado, told family members that he was searching for a buried treasure, but he failed to show up for a planned family meeting on June 14th, 2017. His car was found parked near the Taos Junction Bridge, and his body was found five to seven miles downstream along the Rio Grande. Is that how you say it? Rio Grande? Uh,
1: yeah. You can say it that way.
0: How would you say it? Uh-huh. Rio Grande? Rio yeah, Grande? Yeah.
1: That's because I'm American.
0: Rio Grande. I'm reading it like you... Yeah. Eric Ashby, 31, was found dead in Colorado's Arkansas River on July 28, 2017. Friends and family stated that he had moved to Colorado in 2016 to look for the treasure and was last seen on June twenty eighth, rafting on the river 10 to 15 miles upstream from where his body was found. The raft overturned and Ashby has been missing since that time.
1: Maybe it overturned because he had the treasure in it with him. It was too heavy.
0: Mm-hmm. Michael Wayne Sexon, 53, of Deer Trail, Colorado, was found dead by rescuers on March 21st, 2020, alongside his unnamed 65-year-old male companion, who later recovered in the hospital. The pair were discovered within five miles of the site, where they had been rescued from a month earlier near the Dinosaur National Monument along the Utah-Colorado border.
1: So they had already been rescued (laughs) in the same almost the same place before, and then they went back.
0: Because they dumb. And they thought that's all where the these, treasure was. Oh my god, all of these deaths were like after Heap, Forest Fenn put out all of his extra clues. Yeah. They were from 2013 to 2015, all of those extra clues. Mm-hmm. The first death was in 2016, those dummies! <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm confused.
1: you sure there weren't any deaths before 2016?
0: No, there's only been five deaths related to it that they mm. know of. I see. So there have been a number of notable controversies surrounding the treasure hunt as well. Um, a few searchers have been cited or arrested for legal infractions. An an unidentified man searching for the treasure was arrested in New Mexico in 2013 and charged with damaging a cultural artifact for digging beneath an iron cross of a a Descanso near the Pesos River. I don't know these words. I
1: can't see it. So in April two thousand
0: fourteen, National Park Rangers detained Daryl Seller and Christy Strawn for having a metal detector and digging in Na- in Yellowstone National Park while searching for the Fenn treasure. On May 9th, Park Rangers accused the couple of camping without a permit and starting a small fire.
1: Can't do that.
0: Yeah. Why would people think that it would be hidden on like private property or Dug into a national like, dug into the ground of like a national park like, no. <laughs> I, uh, um, yeah. Scott Conway was cited by New Mexico State Parks officers after he dug a large hole on state land near Heron Lake. Like hmm. what? He didn't just dig it in the ground. I, You didn't just dig a giant hole and put the treasure in the ground that'd be impossible he doesn't
1: say that you need a map to find the treasure but i mean a shovel shovel, he just says
0: you need the poem and a map or basic geographical knowledge or whatever yeah a pennsylvania man robert miller was arrested for burglary breaking and entering and criminal damage to property in October 2018, Miller broke into Fenn's property and was hauling away a Spanish, Spanish-style <laughs> chest he thought was the treasure.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: In December 2019, David Harold Hansen of Colorado Springs, Colorado, filed a lawsuit in U.S. District Court against Forrest Fenn. The lawsuit alleges Fenn made several fraudulent statements and deceived searchers. Although Hansen attempted to reopen it, the case was closed. In January 2020, David Christensen of Indiana had to be rescued by Yellowstone National Park Rangers after he attempted to rappel, (laughs) rappel, rappel, yeah, I guess that over 850 feet from a rope tied to a railing into the Grand Canyon of the the Yellowstone. He was ordered to spend a week in jail and pay rescue costs of just over $4,000. He earned a five-year ban from the park, and disregarding Fenn's remark that no climbing was required, remained convinced at his sen- at his sentencing his solution was correct. <laughs> and then there are the people who quit their jobs, uh, bought a house uh, in near the Rockies, mm-hmm. and just totally wiped out their entire bank account to give up everything and move. <laughs> And uh, try to find the treasure full time. Yeah. Like, what dummies? Why? Oh, <laughs> hang on. I need some water. Okay. Ah!
1: Slurp, slurp.
0: So you want to go search for this treasure?
1: Yeah, I'll quit my job.
0: All right. Well, too bad. Because on June 6th, 2020, this month, my friends, Fen posted on the searcher blog, Thrill of the Chase, that the treasure Has been found. Wow. Wow. So, quote, it was under a canopy of stars.
1: I said, hope you all listened this far into the episode before you left. Yeah, I wanted it
0: to be a secret, even though I already mentioned in previous episodes that it was found. (laughs) Quote, it was under a canopy of stars in the lush forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not been moved from the spot where I hid it more than ten years ago. I do not know the person who found it, but the poem in my book led him to the precise spot. I congratulate the thousands of people who participated in the search and hope they will continue to be drawn by the promise of other discoveries. So the search is over. Look for more information and photos in the coming days. Fen.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: This was subsequently confirmed via email by Fenn, who further disclosed in a news article that the finder was a male from the eastern United States who had sent him a photograph. The identity of the finder, the photograph, and the location of the treasure have not been revealed. Mm -hmm. On June 16th, Fenn released further photos on the Thrill of the Chase blog, Including of himself examining the contents of the chest and one of it sitting in weathered condition implicitly on or near the site where it was found. And there's a picture of him wearing his like turquoise beaded bracelet that he was that Uh, he wanted returned to him. Uh And it was like all worn down by like water. It like turned green, the band Uh and stuff from water damage. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people were like, this isn't real and he said that more information was coming soon right um so fenn reiterated that the finder wanted to remain anonymous while some remained skeptical most of the comments under the picture congratulated the finder and thanked fenn for the experience so quote i believe there never was any hidden treasure said Linda Bellew, the ex-wife of Randy Bilou, who died searching for the treasure. Quote, Fenn is a corrupt man who seeks attention any way he could achieve. End quote. Mm-hmm. The controversy has continued even after its purported discovery. The absence of photos or information on the location of the chest has led some to question whether it was found at all. Though Fenn has promised to elaborate in the coming days. But he's not going to tell them where it was. Uh Uh-huh. Because, so, his deal was, when the person finds the chest, it is completely their call whether they want to disclose where Mm -hmm. it was found, if, like, who they are, and, like, what was in it. Like, it's up to them. Like, Forrest Fenn was only allowed to, like, say... Well, not like allowed, but he was like, "I'm only going to say it was found, but then everything else mm-hmm. is up to the other person right. for their safety and what they want to do with their own treasure." Now, right. so uh, quote, "Give us something, so we know we are, so we know we were close," said Meacham, um, who made two hundred trips and invested thousands of hours. I have no closure at this point, they say. Barbara Anderson, a Chicago real estate attorney, said she is filing an injunction in federal district court alleging she solved the puzzle but was hacked by someone she doesn't know. (laughs) He stole my solve, she said in an interview. He followed and cheated me to get the chest. Anderson who has been licensed to practice law in Illinois since 1998, is representing herself. In the injunction, she seeks to stop an unknown defendant from selling the items from the treasure chest, and she is asking the court to give the chest to her. (laughs) Not how that works. That's a good
1: strategy. That's definitely something a real estate attorney would come up with. The worst kind of Person, I'll say.
0: (laughs) In December, David Harold Hansen of Colorado Springs, Colorado, sued Fenn for $1.5 million, claiming he had deprived him of the treasure through fraudulent statements and misleading clues. A judge threw out the case in February, (laughs) citing mishandled procedure for serving Fenn with the lawsuit. But last week, Hansen petitioned the court to reopen the case. One treasure hunter... uh. Asking Fenn to court. Oh, yeah, one treasure hunter taking Fenn to court. So, this is another guy uh-huh. who's taking Fenn to court for similar reasons. Right. I was skeptical of the timing. Brian er- er- Erskine of Prescott, Arizona, said in his complaint filed in U.S. District Court that he, quote, solved the quest. Oh, I guess this is so. It's a little different. Erskine said. The site in question is in the San Juan Mountains of Colorado between the towns of Silverton and Orry and accessible by US 550, also known as Million Dollar Highway. So he's like, I solved it, but it wasn't there.
1: Maybe you didn't solve it right, buddy.
0: Well, he says it's fake. That's why he's suing him, because he solved it, but it's not real, because he obviously solved it. Quote, he just got served with my lawsuit, and now we have this press release, he said. Erickson said he's confident his lawsuit will proceed. So, like, okay.
1: Maybe it just didn't look good enough when you were there. Or maybe... Uh,
0: And still, others believe the treasure never existed, or had already been given away. I think his announcement is at least a few years and a few lives too late, but he has, but he has to live with that. I believe this was over much earlier than today, said treasure hunter Seth Wallach. Um, a third, a quote, a third think it's a hoax, said Dent. A third think it was never found. And then there are the rest of the U.S. that think this is great. Someone found it. Now let's move on with our lives dent who estimates uh she has taken what nothing the person who says that estimates she has taken 300 trips in search of the treasure added that no good can come of knowing its location <laughs> what if you were what like if you that. were 100 percent right and just missed it or what if you find out you didn't have any anything part of it right and had wasted all that time as long as we don't eat don't know the location. We can each be right in our own minds, she said. Which is kind of true. Like, yeah. if you found out that you spent your entire, like, last 10 years and you didn't get any of it right and you were just in the complete wrong, that would suck. You mm-hmm. wasted your life. But then if and you're like, oh, crap, I was there and just missed it, that would be heartbreaking. yeah, no,
1: yeah. She, she's the yeah. She's the most sane person, it sounds like. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, she's like, yeah, people are gonna be mad no matter what.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So how do you feel about all this?
1: Uh, I think that um, I can't believe
0: some people are suing him because they think that he, like, somehow, um, made them waste their lives on finding this treasure.
1: I know. Yeah, and. That's-
0: someone is suing him because he's like I solved it but it wasn't there so it's not real. <laughs>
1: That's the funniest one.
0: Nobody, <laughs> like, no. Buddy, no. Uh,
1: the the clues were too hard so I couldn't find it. <laughs> that I, guy, just, I like that guy. Or
0: the woman who's like or the, the real estate whatever yeah. lady who was like, "Oh, well, I know where it was." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Okay, then where was it?" <laughs> Tell me. Tell me where it was at. You know?
1: No good can come of that, Carly.
0: Well, if she knew where it was...
1: Yeah, well, she'll probably have to tell the court where it was. Mm -hmm. That's
0: not going to work. It's like
1: there's no rules to a treasure
0: hunt. If someone (laughs) wants to follow you and cheat, uh, there's no law saying that they can't (laughs) really do that. Like, Mm -hmm. if they want to steal all of your ideas... There's so many blogs of people who are, like, hunt for Forrest Fenn's treasure, and, like, they spent years, like, just documenting. I bet. And then there's, like, Reddit threads that give, like, helpful clues, like, Mm -hmm. what people think. And Mm -hmm. then, like, I just cannot believe how many people dedicated their lives to finding this thing yeah and i'm everyone's like blaming him for it and i'm like you were the dumbass who did it (laughs) right it was just supposed to be like this fun thing like yeah like hey go outside (laughs) spend some time outdoors yeah i don't that's what that's go march
1: around for my amusement you pores no that wasn't his goal
0: no i just i think it's really dumb that everyone was like you're killing people you need to stop and it's like people were gonna people are dumb people are gonna be dumb like i don't know Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: that's not his fault he didn't do it he didn't do that people are like he like fed an obsession and like made people obsess over this thing and i'm like he did not do that (laughs) He yeah, just no. wanted this to be a fun treasure hunt. Yeah, And no. everyone went crazy.
1: Yeah, well, people can't have fun. It's not uh, It's not something people uh, are able to do.
0: Apparently he gets, or he was getting at least 100 emails a day, like, with people asking questions and, like, trying to get more information and then uh-huh. threatening phone calls all the time. He's, like, constantly being sued. And I'm like, how can you possibly think that this was just fake <laughs> like, cause some people are like, oh, it's just like a metaphorical thing to get people to go outside. The real treasure I mean, is going outdoors and spending time with your family and in nature. That's what some people are like, oh, it doesn't actually exist. The real million dollar treasure.
1: I mean, I... But,
0: I- If that was happening, I don't understand why you wouldn't just be like, guys, it's not real. (laughs) You know?
1: Well, I mean, if that was happening, why not, to put an end to it, why not say, oh, yeah, it's been found?
0: Yeah, but who waits 10 years of constant phone calls, emails, threats, like...
1: Because, well, you know, it it built up over time. He was like, all right, I'm over this.
0: Do you think it was fake?
1: I, no, I don't think it was, but... If Even if it was, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that'd be kind of mean. If you're like, you can get $2 million in yeah, this treasure chest. And then he's like, psych, it's not real. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, <laughs> kind of sure. Mean. I But Island. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I anyone like who would...
0: It was real.
1: Yeah, I think it was. I But I think that like, anyone who would have you know looked into it at all would have at least in the back of their mind should have had the thought that it might just be not real like you should be skeptical of it i feel like that's
0: i mean he had the money and the stuff (laughs) to do it so it's like it's not like he was just this random guy who had nothing who was like oh yeah i'm just giving away this
1: i uh, I, yeah
0: chest of gold
1: i no yeah i i don't think that it I don't think it's likely that it was fake, and I don't think it was, but I think that, like, I think that you should probably have, like, the slight possibility in your mind that it's fake and, Mm -hmm. you know, come to terms with that before you dedicate your life to finding it.
0: Yeah, and people think that this guy, like, owes them something, like, owes them the location he put it in, or owes them, like, um... I don't know who found it. What? Well, pick more pictures. And it's like, no, he doesn't really owe you anything. It's not even his treasure anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, right. He, like, gave it the reason. Most people think the reason he wanted one of the pieces back and he gave, like, his contact info or whatever mm-hmm. and, like, was like, I want this piece back was so they could, like, legally exchange, like, ownership over or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, of right. the treasure to this person. Right. So. I mean, it's not even his anymore. And Mm -hmm. he doesn't owe anyone that. And if the person who found it wants to remain anonymous, doesn't want to let anyone... Because then, my thinking is...
1: (laughs) Well, sure, yeah.
0: He's gonna... So he's the one who's like, I don't want the location to be shared, blah, 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 blah. So my thought is, people are like, oh, that's dumb. Share where it's at, at least. But this guy who found it is most likely going to be found out soon. Who's gonna go into some place and sell this stuff that people know was in this chest, Uh and not get caught? Like, and not be like, oh, this guy definitely found this chest.
1: Maybe he's not. He's trading
0: in millions of dollars of artifacts. Maybe
1: he's just gonna keep it.
0: Maybe, but I doubt it.
1: But I mean, you know,
0: people are gonna find him, and then if they, if other people know where he found it. They're going to start trying to like sue him saying, oh, I know where I I went there. I was there and it wasn't there. So if they release the location, both of them are going to have to deal with a lot of lawsuits.
1: So do you think so? Are you saying that you think that the whole thing was just a mistake that it shouldn't have done, been done? No. Oh, OK.
0: I think it should have been done. I think it's fun. I think it's cool.
1: Yeah. I, this no, guy I agree. isn't a
0: good guy. No, but I think this is a really fun, who doesn't want to go search for treasure? Yeah. A treasure chest. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, no, it's cool. That's so fun. Yeah, it is. And if it's you're going to be a cool. terrible person and have hor- these horrible stolen things or whatever, most of them were like gold pieces mm-hmm. and like emeralds <laughs> and stuff. So, I I mean, I'm, there was problematic things I mean, they there. came
1: from somewhere. Right? But
0: like, <laughs> I know, but... I'm just saying, if you're going to steal all these horrible things, you might as well give them away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Give them sure. away in
0: a fun treasure hunt. I don't know. hmm That's fun. Yeah. I'm just mad at all these people who are angry about all this. I'm like, guys, it was just supposed to be a fun treasure hunt. Calm down. Like,
1: yeah. And That's it a, an was a cool
0: thing. This is why we can't have anything fun. Because people <laughs> do this.
1: Think of that, you can think of like all the like controversy and like lawsuits and stuff as a fun little metaphor for America. What? No? (laughs) All these people like uh, fighting over something that was never theirs to begin with. Yeah. Sorry, folks.
0: Yeah, it's honestly really sad because a lot of them are like American Indian artifacts Mm -hmm. that he has that he stole. Right. And I'm like... Isn't that really funny that all these nasty Americans are, like, now suing this guy over stuff that isn't theirs and wasn't even his? And they're like, that's mine, even though it's not anyone's. It's not <laughs> well, I mean, theirs that's, or the, like, It's either. the Native Americans, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It's not Fenn's or the person or the people who are trying to find right. it. Right,
1: yeah, no, I, yeah.
0: Unless you were a Native American trying to go yeah. and find your own shit.
1: Right? It'd be cool if the person who found it, like, donated a lot of stuff to its rightful <laughs> owners.
0: That'd be really cool.
1: But who knows?
0: Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might sell the little vial of gold. To, I, I would sell some, maybe, I don't know, but some of the important artifacts that I had in there, you know? That are obviously like very important artifacts. Mm-hmm. I would probably. Who needs two million dollars? Sure. You know. Yeah. I don't know who needs millions of dollars. I mean, less. you can give some of that back to the mm-hmm. people you you stole it from. You know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just it's it's just creating all of this controversy, and I'm like, guys, it was just a fun little treasure hunt. <sighs> Why are you all being so dumb? I know. He never asked you People to waste dumb. your life on this. Calm the heck down. So let me just end this story with a few quotes from Mr. Fenn. Okay. That I liked. Okay. The spot where I hid the treasure was in my mind from the first time I started thinking about the chase. It is special to me and there... Wait. It, it is special to me and there was never another consideration. I was going to make it work no matter what. Uh, I often find myself stealing away to that place, and I will always consider it to be mine alone. Mm. The mountain, So, so what, you
1: could just, like, follow him. Just, like, stalk him, and he'll lead you to it. Probably. Mm-hmm.
0: The mountains are full of activity that fills me with wonder. One of my earliest recollections as a boy was to turn over a rotting log in the forest and watch as a hundred little, hundred little critters scurried around trying to decide what to do its nature in its raw nature in its rawest moment i find solace in the solitude of the trees and then lastly i don't know i feel halfway kind of glad and halfway kind of sad because the chase is over he's also like 90 years old now
1: right <laughs> well cool
0: kind of cool that it was found while he was still alive yeah so he could get his little bracelet back Mm -hmm. i don't know now i'm conflicted because i really didn't think about it in the sense that like he was a terrible person (laughs) i mean i'm like oh he's not he
1: doesn't seem like that there there are worse people out there
0: i mean he's a treasure hunter he's trading illegal things for more illegal things and probably stealing things from places that shouldn't be messed with So I'm like, oh, should I even be telling this story? Probably not. But I think the treasure hunt part is cool. Yeah, no,
1: that is cool. I, yeah,
0: I think. And if someone wins the lawsuit and gets $1 million out of him, then whatever. (laughs) I don't feel, like, I feel bad for the old guy Mm -hmm, because, like,
1: he just tried to make
0: this fun thing and now he's getting, like, death threats. Mm -hmm. But also I'm like, you are, like, a millionaire. Like, if he was making six million dollars a year on his gallery Mm -hmm. then i don't really care that much Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and you stole stuff so (laughs) yeah it is kind of weird like all these americans fighting over something that's not even theirs Mm -hmm. yeah that is kind of i didn't even think about that so that's the story of uh forest fan everyone
1: forest fan forest
0: fan and the a land of contrasts yeah anyway
1: oh boy we're already over an hour remember when we used to do episodes that are sometimes like 50 minutes
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mhm. crazy stuff
0: it was a long story yeah
1: but no i'm glad that we took the time to do it i mean also we just like talked about nonsense for like 15 minutes minutes at the beginning yeah
0: Yeah. so (laughs) if you
1: skip it past that we're only at 40 minutes
0: I should put times of like. Here's the mark where we stop talking about nonsense. Here's where Carly's starts. Here's where Carly's ends. Here's where Harry's starts. You yeah. know. Here's where Harry. Here's where Harry's ends. So you don't have to listen to the nonsense at the end. You know. <laughs> well, so they can lot. just listen to the to the um, actual story.
1: I mean, I think Carly's start and Harry start are the only like two important. It's time stamps we'd need to give. There's not that much nonsense in between yeah, and after.
0: Yeah, I got that.
1: All right, fine. Okay.
0: Tell me your story.
1: All right. So, uh, uh, so you might remember several episodes ago when I talked about uh, like old timey UFO sightings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh. So as I was, when I was researching that topic, there was one particular phenomenon that I didn't. I decided I didn't want to talk about it in that episode because I thought that I it would be better to like go into it in more detail in mm-hmm. its own episode. Um, and um, I mean, I did I did touch on one event that was related to it though, um, uh, which was I think toward the end of that episode, I talked about um, an ap- a newspaper report from April of 1897, where it said that in the small town of Aurora, Texas. A mysterious airship of some kind had crashed into a windmill belonging to Judge Proctor, killing its pilot and destroying the judge's flower garden. Uh, though their body was mangled in the crash, those who investigated said that the apparent pilot of the craft was clearly not an inhabitant of this world. Unquote. A U.S. Signal Service officer who, uh, who also happened to be an expert in astronomy, identified the specimen as having come from Mars. Mm. Um, According to the Dallas Morning News, which first report published the story, uh, the occupant of the craft had some papers with him, which were written in some unknown hieroglyphics and cannot be deciphered. (laughs)
0: Wait, when was this?
1: 1897.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, now I'm... Okay. Continue. Uh,
1: The ship and the debris that scattered when it crashed were made of an unknown metal, resembling a mixture of aluminum and silver. According to the reporter of the story, the ship must have weighed several tons... The article ended with the sentence: "The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was so this was not an isolated incident; uh, it was just one of a remarkable string of dozens of similar events, which lasted for six of months.
0: Just random crafts like crashing.
1: Not necessarily crashing, but similar. Landing? Uh, sometimes landing, sometimes just being seen in the air. What? Uh, that lasted for six months and spread halfway across the country. I'm talking about the mystery airships of 1896 to 1897. Or the airship hmm. wave of 1896 to 97, Or the great airship of
0: 1897. You know I love uh, UFOs. Yeah, I
1: know. There's no one like set name for the phenomenon. But uh, it's been talked about a lot or researched a lot. Past. Mm-hmm. So our story begins on the night of November 17th, 1896, in Sacramento, California. Okay. According to the Sacramento Record Union, the low that night was 56 degrees, with brisk to fresh southwest winds and partly cloudy skies. That evening, somebody saw a light moving over the city. Others looked up, too, and saw the same thing, estimating it to be some 1,000 feet up in the air. Other witnesses saw more, claiming that it wasn't just a light that they saw, but a dark shape behind it as well. One quoted witness by the name of R.L. Lowry said that the shape was being powered by two men on bicycle pedals suspended (laughs) beneath it, (laughs) with an apparent passenger compartment above them, and above that, the main body of the dirigible. dirigible. Lowry said he heard a voice issuing commands to increase elevation lest they run into a church steeple. Other witnesses said they could hear voices singing when the craft passed overhead. The strange events were reported on November 18th by the Sacramento Bee and the San Francisco Call. Hmm. The following day, November 19th, an even stranger story appeared in the Stockton, California Daily Mail. Daily Mail. I said mail weird.
0: Daily Mail.
1: The Daily Mail. Colonel H.G. Shaw was driving his buggy through the countryside near Stockton. When he came across a landed spacecraft near the road, its metallics, or what he thought, he judged to be a spacecraft. Its metallic surface was totally featureless, save for a rudder, and it was pointed at both ends. Colonel Shaw estimated its diameter to be 25 feet and its length 150. Uh, Mm -hmm. As he looked at the craft, three slender, seven-foot-tall beings, which he judged to be extraterrestrials, approached the colonel while emitting a strange warbling noise.
0: What, (laughs) like
1: (laughs) I guess, (laughs) maybe, something like that. Yeah. Uh, The aliens investigated Shaw's buggy, perhaps with the same curiosity and wonder with which with which he'd beheld their craft, before turning their attention to him. They tried to physically force him aboard their ship, but soon gave up their struggle, after they realized they lacked the physical strength to get him aboard. They fled back to the ship, which lifted off the ground and sped out of sight. Shaw told the Stockton paper that he believed the beings were Martians sent to kidnap an Earthling of unknow- of, for unknowable purposes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Then... Uh, Two days later, on November 21st, the lights over Sacramento returned, this time also being seen in Folsom, San Francisco, Oakland, Modesto, Manteca, Sebastopol, and a number of other nearby cities.
0: When was the airplane invented?
1: Uh, 1903.
0: So this wasn't like... Yeah, this was a... When was it, uh... Totally new. When was it invented in other countries?
1: uh, Around uh, the
0: same time or before?
1: Uh, before. The, like, the the Wright Brothers 1903 flight was, like, the first airplane flight anywhere. So, Oh, yeah. I meant,
0: like, in other countries. So, I thought you meant other countries did it before.
1: No, no, no. It was in... Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh! Oh, that's weird. I was thinking, well, they're just people from other countries. So, yeah. <gasps> this is this weird, is like Harry. S-
1: And, like, they didn't... They didn't... Blimps or, like, Zeppelins weren't invented yet. They oh. had, like, hot air balloons at the time, but they didn't have... And there were people were like doing like theorizing basically about and making models of like ideas for like crafts that would be airships that could. Uh,
0: no, Harry, this is creepy. <laughs> this is weird.
1: Um. So.
0: Moving. Why are there moving lights in the sky? <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: So um. So so these first three sightings. Do you
0: believe in aliens?
1: I mean, uh, I don't know. No. You I don't mean,
0: believe this. Do you have a theory on it?
1: We'll get, I'll get to some theories on it later okay. toward the end. Okay. Um, so these, I think that aliens are possible. I don't believe that they have contacted Earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so as winter took hold, there were fewer reports um, from, like, January to March, um, but in the spring news items on nocturnal airship sighting started up again and now began moving west or east. I kept, that's not the only time I wrote west when I meant east here <laughs> and now began moving east from the west coast. Uh, on February 2nd, 1897, the Omaha Bee reported that the previous night an airship had been spotted by a dozen people around the city of Hastings, Nebraska. At first, it seemed like an immense star, but on a closer inspection, the lights revealed themselves to be electric. It was about 800 feet up when first observed. It circled around a bit, went north, stood still, ascended 200 feet, descended 200 feet, then traveled west at high speed for about two miles before circling around some more and beginning to dis- descend before <laughs> disappearing as mysteriously as it had appeared. The B article makes no mention of extraterrestrials. Instead, beginning with the sentence, "Some persons within ten miles west of Hastings are making an experiment with an airship, which, from all appearances, so far appears to be a great success." Hmm. Um, so, the lights factored heavily into descriptions of the air of the airships. Uh, okay. Many sightings consisted only of reports of bright lights in the sky, which moved, or flickered, or changed colors. Uh, Texan Frank Dixon, editor of the Edna Progress, saw two airships 400 feet apart communicating with each other by means of red and green lights. (laughs) What? (laughs) On April 11th, 1897, uh, residents of Benton Harbor, Michigan, saw an airship flying above Lake Michigan with red, green, and blue lights that flickered as it passed. Uh, Frequently, the ships were said to carry searchlights, um such as the one that passed over the town of Everest, Kansas, at about 9.05 p.m. Uh, Quoted in the uh, article about it, the full power of the wonderful lamps were turned on, and the city was flooded with light. What?
0: Okay.
1: Uh, But frequently witnesses claimed to see the body of the airship behind, behind the lights, with those descriptions varying a lot, too. Um, in Omaha, Nebraska, an initiation ceremony of the Knights of Aksar Ben was interrupted by an airship sighting. Witnesses there said that the thing was 18 inches in diameter, with a steel body between 12 and 30 feet in length. Um, over Dallas, uh, an airship was seen in a, in a luminous, hazy cloud, with sails or wings outstretched on either side of its cigar-shaped body. On both ends, there were large rotating fans projecting from the sails at an angle of about 45 degrees. The one at the front being elevated, while the one at the rear was depressed, somewhat resembling the body of a bird. Mm. It was estimated to be 200 feet long. <laughs> Whoa! In Fort Worth, Texas, people saw a 60-foot-long airship that looked like a passenger coach with bat wings and pointed at the and was pointed at the, at both ends. Um, more witnesses in, San, in Sacramento said they saw a cigar-shaped machine operated by four men who sat aside the cigar and moved as though they were working their passage on a bicycle. Uh, hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very s- curious. Yeah. Uh, so with most of these sightings, it was either assumed that the machines were being operated by humans or witnesses claimed to have seen or even act- interacted with the people on board. Um, once in Gerrard, Illinois, a group arrived at the landing spot of an airship after they'd seen it rise and disappear to find tracks of footprints which led nowhere. What? Uh, another group in Belton, Texas, distinctly, distinctly saw 10 people on board. On April 15th, 1897, witnesses saw two queer-looking persons on board who made desperate efforts to conceal themselves and had the longest whiskers they ever saw in their lives.
0: What? Huh. <laughs> in,
1: in Farmville, Texas, the city marshal said that an airship passed over him at 200 feet and he could see two men in the ship and something resembling a large Newfoundland dog. What? Uh, he also said that he could hear the men speaking a language he couldn't understand, understand but sounded like Spanish. The Harrisburg Modern News of Arkansas report, report uh, reported... That an ex-state senator, Harris, had encountered an airship and been able to converse with its occupant. The airman said that he was on his way to Cuba to kill some Spaniards and offered the ex-senator a ride. Harris declined. This is like a year before the Spanish-American War. Okay. (laughs) So I guess that's why the airship would have been going to Cuba. Um on several occasions in locales from Texas to Kentucky, people claim to have seen groups of people outside landed airships making repairs to them before getting back in and resuming their flight. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one strange encounter um, where I don't think they saw they necessarily saw the people, but um, where this farmer um, had like a pen of cows in his back and he saw these lights coming and there was this airship that came that looked you know the same as what the others described like a cigar cigar shaped like balloon type thing with maybe a thing underneath it and possibly i don't remember if it like propellers or fans i don't remember the description of that one but he like saw he it like hovered over his farm for a little bit close to it and then he saw like a, a rope come down and lasso one of his cows what? <laughs> but the no r- but the rope then got like cut on the fence <laughs> so the airship people had to like cut the fence and so he just saw the and then it took off again with what? the cow in tow beneath it
0: <laughs> what is that where the weird like whenever all the pictures of like the aliens and the uh-huh. The spaceship and then the beam on the cow.
1: I mean, I don't know if that's up. where it... I mean, sup, uh, supposedly those come from other, like, actual events. But this is supposed to be the first instant, instance of, you know, cattle muti- mutilation by a... Lasso. <laughs> by a UFO. Hmm. Um, sometimes people said that uh, objects dropped from the airship. Um. Like the Milwaukee... A lot of times these were letters... Um. The Milwaukee Sentinel reported that several letters fastened to iron rods that were rusted from the rain purportedly dropped from an airship as it passed overhead. Um, The letter supposedly stated that the airship Pegasus, traveling from Tennessee to South Dakota, used steam for for propulsion and could carry as much as a thousand pounds. The airship, the note maintained, would revolutionize all present methods of locomotion. Uh, the letter did not disclose the inventor's identity but asked the finder to keep the note until a member of the Masonic fraternity called for it. Citizens in Newport, Kentucky also found a letter describing an airship's traveling speed 40 miles per hour, and other details. Captain Pegasus had signed the note. in Depont and Lorraine, Ohio, people supposedly found similar notes.. Hmm. <laughs> um, Interesting. And on Tuesday, April 13th, 1897, George Parks, who lived five miles north of Battle Creek, Michigan, and his wife reported that an airship had swooped low over their farm and had a wheel fall off, which embedded itself in the ground. And so was on display for some days, (laughs) for some time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. and what there's an, an one more weird encounter um, is that W. H. Hopkins of Springfield, Missouri, reported that on the night of April sixteenth, eighteen ninety-seven, he'd been out walking in the hills east of town. On his walk, he came upon an airship, landed in a clearing. Um, beside the airship, there were two people. One, a nude woman, exceptionally beautiful, with <laughs> hair down to her waist, sat on the ground, fanning herself and picking flowers. The other was a man, also nude, but with a long beard. What? Um, As Hopkins approached the pair, they spoke to him in an unintelligible language. Eventually, with the aid of sign language, they were able to communicate somewhat. Um, And when Hopkins asked where they had come from, the two naked figures pointed upwards and said a word that sounded to Hopkins like Mars.
0: Okay, but why would they know it's called Mars?
1: (laughs) Well, maybe it's called Mars in their language, too. Or they've been studying humans maybe to know that they call their planet mars hmm. um, yeah so yeah as we mentioned the bah, bah, bah. yeah this was like all totally new technology basically mm-hmm. uh hi, yeah um plenty of inventors and scientists had theorized about making navigable navigable flying machines But as yet, nobody had successfully made a craft that could maneuver the way these airships did or reach the the speeds they supposedly reached, uh, like sometimes up to 200 miles per hour, people estimated, or even just getting like machines that would fly against the wind. (laughs) Um, The excitement around the nation was incredible as people wondered who had made the flying machine and why.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. You know, a reporter for the Detroit Free Press said the section of Iowa where the ship ha- has been seen is fairly crazy with excitement. People throng the streets of all the towns and villages in hopes of catching a glimpse of it. And the telegraph rates are hot with messages about it. Um, a poem appeared in the Sacramento Daily Record about the uh, airships. Would you mm-hmm. like to hear it? Sure um okay so it goes i seed it i seed it way up in the air and the gooses and the duckses stopped in their flight to stare no. at the aerophone or balloon phone a sail round up there i seed it i seed it twas a funny looking sight a sail round the stars with its incandescent light sashaying first with jupiter then dancin' round the moon and bowin' to andromedir with an with was the electrified balloon i seed it i seed it and a friend of mine will swear that he too seed the new machine a flying round up there he's way up in astronomy and never tells a lie and knows the name of all them things a shining in the sky
0: <laughs> both of our stories had poems in it
1: yeah i know it's a poetry special
0: what that's, that's a funny it's funny
1: yeah i i almost read a poem in the last episode too Wow. Uh, One series of reports out of Texas suggested that a wealthy financier from New York by the name of Wilson was having them built in a secluded location in Iowa, though um, no such person was ever found to exist or a secluded or such a secluded location in iowa where they would build a san francisco lawyer claimed that one of his clients was the inventor though he quickly recanted the claim um, after people looked into it further Um, (laughs) (laughs) journalists tracked down engineering enthusiasts who drew doodles of airships um, and then and held them up as the inventor in like places (laughs) where people had seen them um There were, I don't know, there were other theories like um, an Omaha newspaper had a theory that the airship was the second part of a confidence scheme. Where several years before, apparently a man in Omaha had charged gullible people 25 cents to sit in a stadium and see an airship fly. Um, And of course, that flight never materialized, but now the hoaxers, the newspapers, theorized, had obtained a real airship and had come back to give people their money's worth.
0: No. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) The airship crew was afraid to land because the bilked people have always been convinced that it was a confidence scheme. And notwithstanding McKinley's election, confidence has not yet been restored to these people. (laughs) Um, There were... Other theories, like it was lightning bugs, which could give off very bright lights and seem to have characteristics in common with no. what they saw. No. No. Uh, no? They say on dark nights they fly high and are very rapid in their movements, throwing no. flashlights every few seconds. Okay. Um, uh, a Washington state man, in a letter to the Sacramento Daily Record Union, said the solution to the airship mystery was a pelican. Uh, He had captured one, tied a Japanese lantern around one of its legs, and turned it loose. Hence the airship sightings. What? No. (laughs) No. Um, A theory put forth in Atlanta, Texas, suggested the airship is the property of a gang of burglars who, by the aid of the searchlight and x rays under the management of scientific experts, (laughs) sail over the towns and look through the walls of the houses and bank vaults and locate the booty. That they return on a later date and secure it and then disappear by the aid of their airship.
0: No. What? No? <laughs> These are all weird.
1: And then there are theories that it was all a just a bunch of hoaxes. Um No. No?
0: I don't buy it. It's real.
1: Uh I don't know. One of the, one newspaper says that it was a plot of the telegraph opera- that telegraph operators had devised. Where okay, they that's would, funny you know, yeah, keep it alive by constantly reporting it in their vicinities, but, you know, then they when the rest real. of the public began to, like, hear about it and, like, get in on it, like, start to believe it, the airships got too numerous. The reports would conflict and it was evident that either there was a whole family of the ships or else somebody was manufacturing stories. Um, hmm. or, I don't know, um, what else? Oh, I mean, yeah, so, yeah, that's one of the main hoaxes, is that it was like perpetrated by, or the theories that it is a hoax is that it was made up by telegraph operators,
0: and then people just kind of started then buying started into it. People started
1: buying into it. Or there's also theories that it was like that were also made up by like reporters and stuff in towns who are trying to get more, you know, sell more stories to the newspaper. Basically. Yeah, I could see that. Or and you know, I mean, this was that,
0: that's that's. I, I'd believe it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there certainly were plenty of hoaxes like related to it. Um, they a, they, um, wait, sorry, I'm on the right page. Um, no one of them was like, uh, two men sent up a balloon with a basket of burning shavings attached to it. And that carried the balloon over the center of the city. Um, hence the solution to the airship mystery. Um, (laughs) Then five days later, the Des Moines leader reported a hoax in Burlington, Iowa, where ho- they'd sent a tissue paper balloon up over the city and, like, fooled a lot of people. And people called the local newspaper office swearing they had seen the airship complete with red and green lights. Um, you know, lots of people didn't believe it and, like, you know, tried to prove that it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a person in Rogers Park, Chicago, at one point took a photograph Supposedly took a photograph of the uh, airship, but uh, it was debunked by photography experts of the time. Apparently, whoa. Um, uh, some people in uh, also in, in also in Iowa and Waterloo, um, they like secretly constructed this big canvas and wood, quote unquote, airship with like generators and like electrical looking stuff all over it that they just had on the ground and like pretended that they were they just landed
0: <laughs> wait that really happened someone tried that
1: no they they yeah they like tri- someone
0: tri- someone actually did that
1: they yeah they, they made a fake airship and they guarded it allowing no one to inspect the machinery and any attempt to cross the rope fence was met with any with with an order to stay out
0: Oh my god, the people who saw that are probably scarred.
1: <laughs> the airship operators told the 5,000 visitors about how they had come from San Francisco and how they had landed. When the crew said that one man had fallen overboard just before landing, some of the distraught citizens organized a party to search the river for him. <laughs> um,
0: oh my god, that's the funniest thing I've ever I heard. Know. <laughs> oh, that's good.
1: Mm hmm. Um. And uh, so the the cattle story that I told yeah. turned out much later to be made up. No, to have been made up by the farmer. Uh, it happened in a town in Kansas, and the farmer's name was Alexander Hamilton. And mm-hmm. though over the years, many you know people had attested to his trustworthiness and stuff, and he'd like sworn it was true. It turned out that he. He had made up the story um, as a member of the town's Liars Club, which was a thing that a lot of towns and cities had um, in the olden days where people would, you know, get together and, like, see who could, like, spin the funniest, like, tall tale, basically. That is the... And get people to believe it. Who could could come up with the most ridiculous lie, basically.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Um, And, in fact, it... It was discovered in the uh, 1960s that the uh, case in um, uh, Aurora, Texas, of the uh, the airship running into the uh, windmill and the (laughs) the pilot being buried, that that actually was made up by a telegraph operator who admitted it later on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh i think you mentioned that in the last one because that one have. sounds familiar
1: yeah i know that i mentioned that story before yeah. but I, d- I, I, I didn't remember if i said that it mm-hmm. was actually fake before Man. yeah um, that's crazy <laughs> uh yeah so there were tons of fake yeah so basically <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's sad Not yeah it's like oh they're real
1: <gasps> i mean so i think a lot of I mean, I'm sure there were lots of like reports of people believing they saw, it. but also a lot of people was, trying to. It was a real like phenomenon, like all over, like from Indiana to uh, California, basically. Um, people were were seeing airships whenever they looked up. Basically, that
0: is so scary. They all
1: they all happened at night, like um, even like the Chicago Tribune um, had. Was reporting on like one night there had been like several airship sightings around the state of Illinois basically, mm-hmm. and were, the Chicago Tribune was like, "Well, clearly, we saw we saw the airship here, and so th- those other ones must be mistaken because we had the real one here in Chicago. <laughs> There's no way that it could have been in all these places at once on the same night." <sighs> oh my um, gosh. They, the, that was also a very, It's
0: just illogical.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, the Chicago Tribune was very like pro, pro airship where this like, um, uh, this astronomer in like Evanston, like put out some paper or s- some press release or something where he said that, no, it's, you did, you guys didn't see an airship. It was just, um, the star Orionus or something. Um, I don't remember the name of the star, and then the Chicago Tribune was just like, "No way, man! You're just you're just jealous that we that you that we saw something up in the sky and you didn't. <laughs> you oh astronomer, you're so protective of your domain of the sky. You can't you can't handle anyone else seeing something." <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, it's most likely that it was a combination of like hoaxes. May put that some people believed some some newspapers may even have believed of newspapers making things up um this was after all the the heyday of yellow journalism where newspapers yeah. would make up or you know sensationalize stories and stuff to sell more copies where you know Pulitzer and Hearst were going going at it, and everyone else was trying to keep up with them mm-hmm. um so but it still was a pretty it's a that's weird. it's a pretty wild phenomenon i don't know <laughs> mm. that
0: that's crazy down. yeah
1: so now we know all about the great airship of 1897 even in like 2009 this guy put out a, a book where he was arguing that it existed and it was that it pr- could have existed and that it was like, some San Francisco, like, investiga- investor and, like, an engineer had made it. And it was f- it was following, like, the railroad lines for supplies. And, like, <laughs> mm. yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it started to die off in May of 1897, like, almost, like, exactly six months after it started. Wow. Um, Per, around the time that like thomas edison had to put out a statement saying that he wasn't responsible for the airships and that it was ridiculous that anyone thought they were real or anything <laughs> um, oh, well, but yeah. yeah it was a it was an interesting time in history
0: <laughs> yeah that's weird yeah so current event Mm-hmm. And, and historical very event. ancient events <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> tied together
1: event. by the magic of poetry.
0: Yeah. oh <laughs> well, Yeah, that's weird.
1: And hoaxes. Yeah. Or belief that things are hoaxes. Possible anyway.
0: hoaxes. Yeah. Wow. You have any last thoughts about that? I don't. I don't. Because I'm just <laughs> thinking about it.
1: Uh. Yeah. Oh, what was any- that?
0: Funny fan mail that you said. Oh, the, right. The, the, um, yeah. Some more, oh, yeah we got some more,
1: we got some more listener spam.
0: <laughs> some more listener spam.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Let me, let me find it real you quick. You
0: laughed the other day so hard.
1: Oh, okay. Well, don't, don't build it up too much.
0: You were like, I don't want no, it's funny. to tell you until the podcast.
1: Yeah. No, I, okay. So it is from, uh, one of our listener, listeners by the name of, uh, first name directives. Um, they sent us a, mes- a message um, which reads Fantastic plastic tuna. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fantastic plastic tuna? Yep. <laughs> I don't understand.
1: I don't either. Uh, there's nothing coming up for that on Google. Uh, why? Well, That's really funny. Uh dear listener, if you're if you're hearing this, please write back to us and explain what you mean. <laughs> um, was there more? Nope, oh, that was it.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: <laughs> Just one message from directives.
0: So uh Thanks. Fantastic plastic tuna. Mm-hmm. Cool. Can that be the name of the episode? <laughs> sure. <laughs> fantastic plastic tuna
1: yeah let's do it uh thanks for listening everybody uh i've been harry
0: i'm still carly
1: and this has been
0: known unknowns
1: red sky at night sailor's delight
0: because it's weird out there Bye. bye